and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fits Bar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name's John and I'm joined by the man who once gave Marlon Brando a run for his money in the streetcar named Desire, Robert Scobie. <laughs> oh, very good. A unique one tonight. How are you, John? You well fed? Oh, yes, yes, well fed, last of the, eking out the last of the eat out to help out uh, scheme uh, that my local ramen bar was doing, so that was excellent. If anyone has helped out as much as you, John, you, yeah. you drank gallons <laughs> of that ramen in the past I'm, three months. I'm a helpful kind of guy, helpful <laughs> kind of guy. You are charitable. <laughs> But thanks for listening to the latest pod, uh, listeners. You know, as you know, you can follow us at Fitbar Pod on Twitter. Scobie, we've had a review, but it's not one of our family members. <laughs> Hit me with it. So, uh, from Walter, uh, it said, quality stuff, recommended by a friend, know nothing about Scottish football, learning a lot, and good chat from the two boys. <laughs> there you go. It's... Uh... Kind of says it all, doesn't it? Says it all, Scooby. Says it all. I mean, we've got some. Two boys. That's a glowing review. I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you, Walter. We appreciate your custom. And we've got um, we've got some news on Spotify, Scooby. Do you want to talk about those late night negotiations you were going through? Oh yeah. Well, eventually we cracked Spotify. Were after us for a long time, pursuing the pod. Um, no, I kid. I I just had hadn't done the necessary technical steps required to get us up there we've cracked it now though uh, and we're available on spotify um so happy days you can also catch us there as well as uh acast of course and itunes and a bit of news on sponsorship john i hear a bit of news on sponsorship yeah we, we tried to get uh, tenants in you know i gave them a big pitch said we loved the lager said we love podcasts and said we were looking for a sponsor and sadly <laughs> a big <laughs> pitch <laughs> <laughs> a big pitch for sitting on the lines of, all right, tenants, love your lager. Any chance you want to sponsor us? Cheers. <laughs> that was the big pitch. Yeah. And uh, not surprisingly, I think after the back of that, they said that they currently weren't looking to sponsor any podcast. They did wish us luck in our endeavours of the podcast. Uh, so if anyone does want to sponsor us... Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you have any other reputable Scottish lager brands, please, please do put us in touch. Uh, your, your thank you for not sponsoring us was actually longer than your pitch, John, uh, looking <laughs> at this exchange of messages uh, now. So that's good. But yeah, hey, God loves a trier, huh? That's it. That's it. So uh, so this week, Scobie, what we're going to do is we're going to chat a little bit about wild cards in part one, because as listeners, I'm sure, know you did your wild card a couple of weeks ago. So I want to get your thoughts on them. Um, you know, how you feel that went for you. I'm also considering my wild card in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to chat about that a bit. And then we'll move into part two, where we'll look at um, last week's games. And then kicking into part three, we'll be looking forward at the upcoming mental by game week we've got, where there's only six teams playing. Yeah. And uh, other such things in the Fantasy Football Scotland Twitter sphere. So how does, how does that sound you, Scooby? Sounds like a great episode. Let's crack to it. Let's do it! Let's do it! So... So, Scooby, when did you do your wild card? I and did my wild card three weeks ago now. Uh, it was game week 10, a distant memory. Um, 
And, you know, all, all looking back, score since then, 65, 72, uh, and then 57 in the last week. So, on a points basis, I'm happy. Um, I think the big thing was, and I make no, um, no kind of qualms about, um, about that, I, I wanted to reshape the team a bit. And specifically, obviously, I had to bring in Tavernier. Now, I could have done that without doing my wild card to take that point. But was also looking to those uh, those kind of coming weeks. Um, so that being said, I got my man. And, um, yeah, I think I'm generally happy. I think the interesting thing is going to be, of course, these – we had another one this week, these COVID call-offs, uh, and how they're going to affect the fixture lists going forward. So, you know, best-made plans and all that. There wasn't really a way you could have planned for this coming game week. Um, and in some ways, there's not going to be a way to plan for the rest of the season because I, I don't think that we're we're certainly going to be done with the COVID cancellations, call-off, postponements, whatever they're going to be. So, yeah, I think all in all, pretty happy. I've not taken any minus hits since then. Um, been happy just kind of making some uh, manoeuvres here and there to bring players in and out. So, um, jobs are good, and I'd say. Uh, good to take your wild card early, and I think because we are playing a game in its infancy, you know, we're we're still we're all learning. Um, I actually kind of regret not having wild carded earlier because I just think so many you can get so many decisions wrong. And whereas now that there is a template emerging of how to play this game, we go big at the back. You have three Rangers players, and then you sort of you rest yourself out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to taking my wild cards um, in 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 more than a week. There's some yeah. serious consideration about about taking that. What week have you got in mind? So I'll be after we've got game week thirteen coming up where there is only three games, and then after that I'll be taking. I think once we're back into normal, uh, just been announced today by uh, Fantasy Football Scotland is there's now a double game week um, to sac- not supplement these fixtures that are gone this week. So Hibs, St Johnston, Hamilton, Aberdeen are all playing double game weeks in game week fifteen. Wow! So it's, it's time to you know. Whilst we talk about this game week 13 and there not being a lot of players playing, you don't want to completely tan your team full of shite players because, nah. you know, you come back and bite you the following weeks. No, completely, completely. Uh, just take it on the chin a bit this week. If you can't quite get the full team out, that's fine. I don't think anyone's going to be in a position where they, where they can. Um, mm-hmm. and that's really interesting update about that double game week on the horizon. So... Very interesting. I will be, I will look forward to dissecting your wild card bit by bit as it you know as the as the time draws near. Correct, correct. All right. So there's just on wild cards. Uh, just another quick bit of news before we boost into part two. Uh, Ebby Scobdal of Aberdeen. Uh, he was the Aberdeen manager from 1999 to 2003. Just when I was getting into the Dons, uh, sadly passed away uh, over the weekend. And uh, he had one. He was he was quite a quotable fella. Quite a quite. A, Quite a fun chap, enjoyed his cigarettes, um, you know, during training had players lying on mattresses halfway through training, maybe a little bit ahead of his time in certain things, and uh, led Aberdeen to two cup finals. He was a bit of a fun manager for the time. And there's just one quote, Scobie, that I just want to share with the listeners, and I think it's quite important to Fantasy Football Scotland as well, because we do get so bogged down in statistics and, you know, who's getting assists and goals and how we look at it. So Ebby Scobdal famously once said, Statistics are like miniskirts. They give you they give you good ideas, but hide the important things. <laughs> Fantastic. 
Hello and welcome to part two of this week's podcast. My uh, pipes in the kitchen have just burst again. My girlfriend. It's going to be a regular feature on this podcast. It's a regular feature. Section on its own. It's ten o'clock on a Wednesday night, and they've just gone everywhere. So. Uh, well, what better way to remedy that than to take, um, put, put our feet up and look back on an action-packed weekend. They always are. Uh, I must say, it's been, um, we've not quite had a, and, I, and I'm sure there's one round the corner, but we've not quite had a, a sort of stinker of a weekend full of goalless draws or one nil here or there. Um, it's been a fun season and that continued very much so. Um, into this weekend. There's only one place we would have started. Obviously, it would have been St. Mary and Hamilton. <laughs> the game we were all waiting for on the edges of our seat, but alas, COVID. Um, so, another fixture. <laughs> another fixture backed up like some dodgy pipes in Bermondsey. So we'll move on from that one. So we were down to our, well, what's becoming our usual five fixtures. Uh, the game we're going to talk about first has to be Aberdeen Celtic. Um, we're going to hope it would be one to watch. And it was just that pretty memorable day at Pitodre. You just wish, and I genuinely mean this, you do just wish that there could have been fans in the, in the, in the stadium to witness it. Um, to recap, it was a nervy start. Jam almost uh, caught them out Lewis with a great pop from distance. Um, McGeeck seemed to injure himself going into the into the gravel, which was a bit of an odd moment. What's the gravel all about, John? Enlighten me. What, on the sidelines of Patodre? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it proved to be um, a bad one as well when Shane Duffy assaulted uh, Edmondson into, the, into the, the boarding and didn't receive any sort of... <laughs> Uh, disciplinary action, which is... Oh, yes, I was going to come on to that, but it, it does beg the question, why have you got gravel on the side of the pitch? Well, I don't know. I don't, you have to ask Petodri. Um, <laughs> it just a bizarre, um, a bizarre choice, and, 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 and sadly did see McGeeck out fairly early on. Uh, anyway, off he came in, and... <laughs> Um, the action did eventually get going and it was that man, Lewis Ferguson, once again, um, winning his own penalty and duly converting it. We'll come back to him um, at the end for obvious reasons. Um, McGregor then pulled one back. Lovely ball in from, uh, from Rogic, who, I must admit, I kind of thought he'd left at one point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did a part of a podcast talking about his big move um, to... Kuwait, was it? Or Qatar? Yeah. I assume that yeah. fell through because he was obviously playing at Petodre at the weekend. Um, but yeah, a bit of an odd one. Um, now, McGregor pulled one back, as I say, but he had a bit of a funny afternoon. He won seven points, but he lost four. The mm. net three points, and some might argue, again, spoiler alert, that he should have been sent off at the end of the game. Yeah, I'd argue that he could have been sent off before that. I mean, he got booked in the first sort of five minutes of the match and was running around sort of picking up niggly fouls here and there, but seemed to have that Scott Brown immunity that Celtic captains tend to get 
in the Scottish Premiership? Um, yeah, somewhat. Um, well, I, I won't get drawn into that, but um, it was pretty end-to-end after that. As you say, Duffy should have, I think, seen certainly some sort of card, but probably a red after that um, late, aggressive assault on Edmondson. And that obviously would have had fantasy implications. He's been quite popular, Duffy, since he came in, although... Um, as we talked about a bit last week, he's been pretty quiet um, mm-hmm. since uh, since his, his his lively start to his career there. Um, Ryan Edges then scored after some lovely play by Wright and Cosgrove. Just only come back uh, on. Can you see Ryan Cosgrove out there again? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just had a few points I want to bring out. Uh, Scotty Wright, I thought, was brilliant when he came on. He actually came on for Marley Watkins, who... I was a little bit, as an Aberdeen fan, slightly disappointed to see Watkins come off because I thought he had a really good game. He obviously played that lovely outside of the foot pass mm-hmm. through to Ferguson to win the penalty in the first half. But Scotty Wright came on and was excellent because Scott Wright's uh, obviously a popular option in fantasy football Scotland. So a lot of managers would have been disappointed to see him on the bench. But I would say the way he played, and it might just be because, because Shane Duffy is a cart horse, but it also might be because, <laughs> you know, Scott Wright is a very good footballer and was really, really good when he came on for Aberdeen, you know, really attacking, really direct. And yeah, as you say, set up that goal uh, for Ryan Hedges through Sam Cosgrove, who also came on. And that's a huge warning sign for fantasy football Scotland managers that Sam Cosgrove's back because as good as Edmondson has been in patches, I mean, Cosgrove came on and just looked head and shoulders above offering what he could, you know, he's crashing shots off the bar he just offers such a threat up there. And he's kind of what Aberdeen have been missing whilst they've been playing pretty well this season. It's that goal scorer and, and the real aggression in the box that they haven't absolutely, had. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, seven million Cosgrove is as well, just um, for for note there. Um, you know, quite a bit less than I'm, I'm still stuck with. I've stuck by Morelos and he's not really delivered. Um, I think a few people probably thought that he was going to kick on. 8.6 million he is so you know that gives you a bit back in the back in the bank to kind of reinvest if you were to go down to Cosgrove we're now talking about maybe an Aberdeen double game week coming up and um, the way that Aberdeen feels playing he's not going to be short on chances um, you know and potentially the penalty taker as well so well I don't know if you can take Ferguson off penalties at this point but um, <laughs> Anyway, back to that. Uh, Hedges got his goal. Um, obviously, Hedges has been a popular choice there. It hasn't really done much since, so he's sort of repaying uh, the faith people have shown him. Uh, and then we saw so 2-1 up Aberdeen. Lee Griffiths come back on uh, for a jetty, who a word on him. Um, he's kind of obviously been injured, but yet to score since coming back. Um, and that man, Super Lee, absolute stunner, top left bag. We talk about all the time, but great to see as a Scotland fan. Is is Griffiths coming back to relevancy? Because we kind of had it a bit with the Jetty, where he was coming on to the bench and still scoring goals. I mean, if Griffiths gets into that position again, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to look past him, isn't it? It is really it's really difficult with Celtic um, assets, isn't it? Because defensively, they've not been that good at the back, and it's difficult. You know, they're expensive, and it's difficult to to know who's playing every week. Um, in midfield, McGregor is becoming a, quite a standout option, actually. I know he had 
got pretty unlucky with fantasy football Scotland points this yeah. week. The yeah. goal he scored against Aberdeen was excellent play. It was the kind of form that you'd love to see him do for Scotland, but just sadly never have seen him yeah, do that. And, um, and up front, you know, you just don't know. Edward is obviously the burning holes in teams with how expensive he is and not really playing a jetty. Um, whilst had a great start to his Celtic career, uh, finishing-wise, against Rangers and Aberdeen, I think he was really found out, you know, playing that higher calibre of team in the league and not offering Celtic very much in a team mm. sense and therefore not getting the chances that he perhaps would against, a, say, a, a Livingston or, a, a, you know, a, a bottom-side team in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. So, yeah, Mick Griffiths, he's just done it time and time again for Celtic, hasn't he? So, if he's coming back to form, definitely one to watch. Um, a lot of people in the, in the team um, at the start of the season, probably a bit romantically more than anything, but, um, yeah, keep your eye on it. Um, and then Hoban gave away the penalty shortly after Christie dispatched that one and you kind of thought 3-2 were done um, but Aberdeen very much deserved something from this game arguably deserved all three points um, and um, another penalty reared its head 93rd minute Lewis Ferguson his sixth goal in five games is eighth of the season and he's now scored 41 points in his last five games where did that come from? Sensational, really. I mean, it's the confidence of taking penalties. He's got himself onto the right um, foot on that sense for the season. And then, you know, he does. He has had goals in him. But what, you know, I've been always saying about Ferguson at that age is he does need to add more goals and assists his game. And he has done that this season. At 21 years and 62 days, he's now the youngest player to score over two, goal, two plus goals sorry, in a league game versus Celtic since John Stewart who also incidentally played for Aberdeen, and that was back in May 2006. So he's got quite a big stat on his head there. That's a massive stat. Granted, two penalties, but you know, you still got to put them away, right? Of course you do. Of course you do. And I think you're, you're totally right. I mean, especially with a team like Aberdeen that are creating so much, your midfield's just glorious to watch at the moment. Um, players like Watkins and Wright, your pacey players getting in behind and winning, mm. uh, winning penalties, as we say. And so... Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I just like to note that I brought him in in week six, and he went on that run shortly after. So, just call That's me great. the prophet. I just want to make one final point on this game before we move on, Scobie. Um, I think that's excellent work from you. So you've got the kiss of life for Lewis Ferguson in your team, which is fantastic. <laughs> and um, just talk about Aberdeen's settled eleven. So obviously they're not playing a game week coming up, but they do have a double game week going forward. And you know Joe Lewis plays every game, right? They've got that back three of Considine, Hoban, and um, Ash Taylor. Those three play every game. And you've got Johnny Hayes at left wing back playing every game. Lewis Ferguson will play every game. Ross McCrory play every game. And, you know, Hedges is playing almost every game. So in a game of fantasy football Scotland where we're, you know, worried about rotation risk, what I'd say is with Aberdeen players, there is that sense of safety in them that they will play pretty much every match. Consistency. Yeah. Consistency is kind of king, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's always been the you know the the old thing in, in in all these fantasy games where you can be drawn into some teams and rotation can sting you. So yeah, it's um it's a consideration, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think I think if you don't have two or three Aberdeen players in your team at this point, you're you're mad. So yes, uh, and in Celtic, on the other hand, we've t- talked through some of their um, 
you know, some of what's going on there. We won't go too far into it. Um, a couple of poor weeks for them. Um, obviously, they've got the cup game this weekend too. Players aren't going to be playing. Um, but they come back. I mean, every run of fixtures uh, looks attractive for Celtic in some way. Um, but, you know, they, they, they've got a, a run of fixtures that you can get behind. So I think, you know, we're obviously not counting them out. They're always going to come back. Um, Motherwell and Hibs will be two tasty games. St. Johnston, Kilmarnock and Ross County um, after that, um, kind of taking us up through November and December. So, yes, um, stick by them. Let's see where they go. It's not a happy time for Lennon at the moment. But moving on, John, tell me, what's happened since Motherwell last played a game of football in your life, apart from your pikes breaking everything? Every five minutes. Well, <laughs> an awful lot. I mean, I can't remember seeing <laughs> the Steel Men play. And they're like the an absolute age since they last played. That's why <laughs> you, you, you're not saying that. Well, well, last game we tell you what. Finally, back in action, um, which which was which was good to see. I, I'm kind of wondering if anybody kept hold of their Motherwell assets during that period, or they got yeah. rid of them. I think. The right thing to do would have obviously been to get rid of them. Um, but back in action, Tony Watt actually looked fantastic all day. Got the opener. Um, really the only kind of action in the first half. Came out firing in the second half, though, as well. And he won the penalty, which uh, which O'Hara put away. O'Hara, we've talked about, is the mm. penalty taker there. A really good player, O'Hara, actually. Um, I think defensively minded, but... Really box the box. You saw that. I thought he was really impressive, um, you know, in that game. Um, I mean, at 3.6 million, you just can't be saying no to that kind of value in midfield for a team that's going to have a lot of games coming up. And as we've talked about on previous podcasts, penalties are a big thing in football just now. Yeah. So yeah. that seems like a really safe option. And, you, you know, when you've got Alan Campbell, who's a bit more of a premium asset in there at 4.6, it's quite a lot more money, isn't it? Maybe that's the guy you go to in, in the Motherwell midfield. Well, yes, he's three point six million, which I I'd say is a is a kind of bargain price. You know, he's kind of tempting in the same way that Ferguson is. Who knows if they get on a bit of a run with penalties, with fixtures coming up? They're going to have the backlog. They're going to have double game weeks. Um, they've got a lot of options going forward. A bit of confidence behind them. Um, definitely like the yeah. look of them. Liam Polworth, um, that man that we all talked about at the start of the season, uh, he did get an assist. He was meant to do lots of that this year. He did not. <laughs> um, <laughs> He, he's finally got going. He set up Lang for his goal, goal number three, and then big Devante Cole scores a breakaway fourth. So 4-0, four um, really impressive, actually. I thought Motherwell looked, looked good, but you would do if you had a month off. I'm playing Ross County just now. Anyone seems to look good playing, right? Oh, I mean, Ross County, no win since St. Johnston in mid-September now. And... Um, <laughs> The worst goal difference in the league currently. I mean, I, I quite like this this stat as well. This is the first uh, time that Stephen Robinson's side uh, put four past the team. Sorry, they also put four past uh, Ross County in March. So it was four uh, one that time, four nil this time. So they like a game against County, and then Motherwell just talking about how random the results have been. If we can remember to them actually playing, as you say, not waiting so long. Uh, in their last eight matches, they've recorded three wins by three or more goals, but they've also lost three matches by the same margin. 
Well, it's, it's a good point. You've set me well there because I did want to have a little bit of a look at where you'd maybe look for value. So midfield-wise, I think there are some good options for Motherwell. Um, you know, we've talked about Harapo with uh, Campbell if you if you want to stay on, but I don't think he's quite justified at his price. But at the back, I mean, it's you know the the fixture list maybe doesn't currently lend itself that well. I mean, it's uh, it's Livingston next, which is a nice fixture. They are obviously playing next week. Then they've got Hibs and Celtic after that. Um, but they always get up for games against the old firm. Um, and you know, with the way Celtic play at the moment, who knows? Hibs are not exactly scoring loads of goals. They're tight at the back, so. I mean, there's games and maybe opportunities there for clean sheets. I think um, Gallagher at 2.4 million, I mean, he's got 33 points in the season. I mean, we're not talking, you know, Goldson or Tav levels, but he's got a good amount of points. He kind of plays every game. If there's clean sheets there and he's 2.4 million, I mean, come on. I mean, obviously, he's, he's, he's had the international caps recently, um, so he's playing with confidence, also playing international level football at the moment. Steve O'Donnell, uh, he's 3.2 million. He's the more expensive defender, but he's got 28 mm-hmm. points. Um, and Steve O'Donnell, I mean, I thought he was fantastic for Scotland. Um, some of the balls he was putting in, playing out wide there. He's got a lovely, he's got a lovely deliv- delivery on him. Uh, and he's going to play every game. So I don't actually think 3.2 million is necessarily that bad if they're going to have lots of fixtures and lots of opportunities. They've got you know guys up top that are going to start scoring some goals. So I'm kind of getting a little bit excited about Motherwell in some ways. Yeah, I think I really like that analysis. Um, Stephen Galke, you are taking a bit of U-turn. You're giving them some shite after playing for Scotland a few weeks ago in the podcast, Scooby. Um, so I'm not, you can't just claim that you like that, but I think he's an excellent purchase to get in there. Another place to look is at in, go- in, in goals. In goals. <laughs> Let's spit that out. So Carson, uh, Trevor Carson got injured in this match. So he didn't actually get his clean sheet points, I don't think. And he's actually out for three months. Oh, God. Um, so the big shout was to get Chapman, uh, the reserve keeper, in. And he's only two million. However, breaking news, they have just signed another goalkeeper, Jordan Archer, who is yet to be priced on the game and will likely start, I believe. So that's just one to watch if you want to get a mother, another Motherwell defensive uh, asset in there. Interesting. How do they manage to sign someone? Is it, is it on... Is it a... Like emergency loans or something. The emergency like that. loan sort of thing. They've only got one cover for yeah. One of the just the, uh, it's the emergency loan service, Ken. Oh, the emergency loan service. Love it very much. Um, all right. Yes. Um, yeah. Motherwell. Exciting. Ross County. Not exciting. Ross Stewart. Not scoring. No value. Used to like them at the start of the year. Don't like them anymore. They're rubbish. Oh, we really had, I mean, it was it was the summer, it was hot, it was sunny outside in Ross County, we're fifth fine. Bygone day, they were playing lovely football, I mean, St Mirren were great to watch, Hamilton were still shy, but they were kind of winning games sometimes, but St Mirren, Ross County, I was like, this is awesome, there's so many opportunities here, oh, it's all gone to the pan, and they're also really ill-disciplined, Ross County, there's red cards, kettlebells, a bit of a nutter. I just, I just don't know what's going on there, to be honest. It's, um, it's poor for them, but, it'll be, but you know, it's, it's clear what three teams are going to certainly be battling out at the bottom. Um, two teams that do not look like they'll be battling it out at the bottom are Hibbs and Kilmarnock, both very much been informed. And I was really excited for this game. In the end, didn't quite live up to its hype. Um, but I think both of them fared well. They are both quite solid defensively so it's no surprise it was only a 1-0 it 
victory in uh, Hibbs's favour. Um, Dickamona brought down um, Deutsch and Kevin Nisbet scored, just like Ferguson, his eighth goal of the season as a result. Um, now, Nisbet, obviously, we were all talking about this that season. That's that hat trick. He's four goals in two games. And he kind of has quietly kept it up. And mm. I think quite a few people maybe got, there was a couple of games that he didn't score and I had him in and I must say I've kind of, you know, turned pretty quickly. Um, and I kind of regret it. He's 5.5 million. Mm. He's still taking penalties even with Malin being back. Um, and he's sort of generally been their set-piece taker, spot kick taker. So pretty good signs, is it not, for Nisbet? Yeah, I'm a yeah, big fan of Kevin Nisbet. Obviously, Hibs don't have a game this weekend because they got Hearts, your Hearts, Scobie and Scott Cup semi-final, which would be an absolute humdinger, 5pm on Saturday. Looking forward to that. And then, um, But after that, you know, uh, Hibs will be, will be back in action. We've already talked about the gu- double game week they've got. And I think uh, Nisbet is, is probably the best value player, attacking player, mid- out midfield and attack. For Hibs, definitely. I mean, just a word on Hibs' defence, right? The, the one thing Jack Ross seems to have done this season is really tighten up that back four. And, uh, you know, keeping clean sheets, clean sheet against County the week before, clean sheet against Killy there. Um, so their defensive assets are looking really strong, as they have been for most of the season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I just think it's a shame that after we pump them 5-1, that they're going to really go off at the end of a cliff. Um, so for the coming weeks, they are probably going to be conceding quite heavily week in, week out. Um, I can imagine, you know, Porteous um, being seen on the pitch with actual tears running down his face every time a ball's kicked near him after uh, Naismith ran is, through his is, legs. Is, is Rudy Scatchel coming back for the Giants? Yeah, Rudy Scatchel's pumped too from the stand. They've also gone in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. It's going to be... It's going to be enjoyable if we do manage it, but um, unfortunately, no uh, no fantasy points are relevant. I look forward to uh, being steaming on Saturday with you, Scooby, whilst taking that in. I and, will, yeah. Uh, For the listeners' benefit, we've got um, we've 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 got um, the other half of the pod's birthday coming up this weekend. Outdoor, COVID compliant. Don't worry, pre writing complain. Um, <laughs> and just happens to be five o'clock. For the for the Edinburgh Derby, um, so exciting times. That'll be excellent. And then just a word on where on Killy Scobie. I'm going to nick a bit of a uh, bit of your fuego here on the pod, where you like to call out a big uh, a big thing for the upcoming weekend. Okay. And here is here is my little bit of chat for the weekend. I the think Rangers. Call. I think Rangers might struggle against Killy this weekend. Oh, right, put your neck out. I'll stick my neck out. I just think, you know, Rangers, I don't have the fixtures in front of me, Rangers historically have not had it all their own way at Rugby Park uh, in recent times. Kilmarnock playing some really good stuff and have some players that are capable of hurting that Rangers defence. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about your Kilty. I'm talking about your Cabambas. I'm talking about your Chris Burks. Um, You know, so I I, I think there there could be goals this weekend for Killy. Um, which maybe makes you think, you know, do you captain Tav? Do you know it's a really good point? I hadn't really thought about it. I like so your your bold call is that the that Rangers will not take three points from this weekend. We will come back to that. Yeah, well, I Wait. think it'll be. Comp- I think it'll be very competitive. I do you know what? I just my my fear has been throughout, and I mean, sorry for you know a, a pretty blue nosed episode last week, courtesy of Ian Finlay. 
Um, no, I'm just joking. It was great having him on. But I think, like, my, my feeling with, with uh, Rangers is they played a lot of football already this year. They played really good football, really high standard, but all of those players have played every single week, European games, basically. Uh, there's yeah. not been much rotation, certainly at the back. Tab, for example, uh, has played, I think, just about every minute. Um, you know, I'm not doubting how well they're playing, but then the big, the big sort of emotional victory of the old firm, and then it's kind of like it's all set up for them to to kind of have that. And in true Scottish football fashion, as Celtic are having a few hiccups, obviously Rangers have got to follow them down the pan because this is the way it works. Yeah, just to chuck some chuck some substance behind my um, sort of wispy comments there. So last season, Kelly beat Rangers. Uh, in the final game that they played each other last season, 2-1 at home. The game at Rugby Park earlier on that season was only 2-1 to Rangers. Um, in the previous season, Kelly also managed to beat Rangers 2-1 at Rugby Park. And even going back the season before that in 17-18, they also won 2-1. So Kelly do have a history of doing this. And I know Rangers are a bit of a different beast this season, but they're gonna, they will pick up at some point because seasons just don't go like that the whole way through they don't they don't i just i just wonder if this weekend's that point yeah yeah and they and they've got uh they've got previous we've seen it in other seasons as well under jared so let's move on perfect segue and we're going to be really quick on these last two bits because we say every week we're going to be a bit quicker than we've been the week before and we never are so i'm going to be quicker and say highlights rangers Aribo's back. Scoring has returned to action. They were really good at the start of the game last week. And maybe to add to your comments that you've just been making, they did go off the boil a bit. I don't think Livingston were that great. And it's like, they got the two early goals and then nothing else came of it. Uh, final point of Rangers, Ryan Kent has now got no goal or assist in four games. John? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Um, and then final game, um... Dundee United um, against St. Johnson. Nil-nil. Nothing much to talk about. Um, Adrian Sporl, pod hero, is now injured though, which I'm oh, sure no. threw a lot of people's uh, fancy plans into disarray, especially because he was obviously meant to be playing uh, this week coming. And I, and I love that Dundee United uh, fixture list. And, and um, So I brought Segrist in and he rewarded me with another clean sheet for Dundee United. Um, so I'm I'm a happy boy. Uh, McNulty, uh, his first start, uh, had one opportunity, fluffed it. Uh, no goals and no goals again for St Johnston. So was it all a flash in the pan last week? Flash in the pan? <laughs> Great. Well, you want to keep it brief, so let's get out of part two, move into part three. Keep it in our briefs. Hello and welcome back to part three, listeners. This is the part where we look forward to the upcoming weekend. Do you know what? We've been talking for weeks and weeks, Scobie, about this game week 13. And for goodness sake, it had to fall on Halloween, right? It is upon us. <laughs> and there's only three matches this weekend. It's Dundee United, Ross County, Livingston, Motherwell and Kilmarnock Rangers. Scobie, how many players do you have playing currently? What are your plans for it exactly? And then I'm going to try and talk our listeners through it as well, because this is just unprecedented stuff. And something I'd argue that will never happen again in the next 
five years of fantasy football Scotland that there's so few fixtures in a game week. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Well, do you know what? It was all looking pretty good. And I was going to have, if I followed through on my plans, 10 starting. Um, now, as I just mentioned, Sporrell's injured, which is a bit of a bugger. Because yeah, they're just... playing Ross County at home. That's pissed and... all over both of our chips. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's seven points or whatever. You know, maybe more if Sporrell's got an assist in. Because I do not think Ross County are going to score. Um, yeah. That's my bold call. So, that's <laughs> disappointing. But I've, so, I've, so, currently, um, so, currently, I, you know, I, I'm at eight. But I've got the transfer, obviously, to bring someone in. I'm thinking about taking maybe Hayes, maybe Frimpong out. Um, and bringing somebody else in. If I go midfield, um, I, as I say, I'm quite tempted by uh, a motherwell asset. Maybe I will back at what I've been saying, bringing O'Hara. And yeah. if I go for somebody at the back, um, I'd almost be replacing Spore with another Dundee United defender. Such is my um, such is my faith in their in their run to come. So um, I'm not. I don't think unless. The beers go to my head on Saturday. I don't think I'm going to take a minus four. I'm going to just keep it to nine players. Um, but I don't know. I'm a gambling man, so maybe I will go ten. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that McCrory comes back in for Livingston. Uh, so that'll give me a goalkeeper starting. And then in defence, I'm the same as you. Sporles absolutely humped me, so he's not playing. So I'm thinking, I really like the O'Hara shout. The more that we've been talking on this podcast, I'm thinking O'Hara. I think Motherwell have got a lot of games coming up. I'm thinking they might get a few penalties. I'm thinking O'Hara comes in nicely at 3.6 million, doesn't fuck around with my budget too much. And then what I'm thinking is I know people are losing patience in Lawrence Shankland, but you've got to think, Ross County at home, Ross County have been dug shite, right? Shankland's got to score. Surely he's scoring. I might even captain him. He's, he's got to come in. He's, he's got to captain him. him. I might captain him. I think I'm going to captain him. I'm going, to, then, I'm going to whisper that in your ear about half one on Saturday when you've got a few yeah. beers. Yeah, and yeah, you will exactly. be captaining Shankland. <laughs> I'm sure. Because yeah. then actually last week I had a bit, so I went a bit mad on the transfers and uh, I brought in uh, Long as well of Motherwell, Chris Long, who did who Paul in their 4-0 win last weekend but hoping that he comes up with some sort of goods up front but I mean based on Tony Watt's performance last weekend I don't think you can go too far wrong with, with chucking him in even though he is known for uh, over promising and under delivering in his career yes, yeah, but he looks fitter and, and whatnot now there, there was a good bit of analysis on him the other night after the game and he does look fitter and he just he was quite mature in the way he was talking after the game and stuff and I don't know maybe it's just the right fit for him um yeah, I don't hate the watch out. I was I was laughing about it at the start of the season, but I don't hate it now. Yeah. yeah. And then so Captain Captain Chat, it's maybe not Tav you're saying. I, well, I you know, if I am gonna sort of live on dying my sword, then it sounds like I'm not Captain Tav, but I still think he might get some attacking returns. I mean the guy gets attacking returns all the time, doesn't he? I'm just saying I think Rangers might concede a goal because I think Killy do have players that can can hurt them going forward. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, um, for the first time, tempted to not captain either. I think I think it might be a week for a wacky captain. Look, there's not much going to happen this week anyway. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be scoring massive points. Um, well, who knows? But, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to just try something out of the box. 
Out the box. We'll be getting our, out our box on Saturday, won't we? We'll be, should we, should we chat a bit about uh, Fantasy Football Pod League. Who's the manager of the week? Uh, oh, drum roll, please, as I pull up. Uh, I don't think I was far off. No, that's not me. Um, <laughs> um, manager of the week is, and I'm pleased to say, because he's got one, just, just clarifying this, he's got one of my favourite game um, names in the league. It's Cabbage and Ribs. Paul Cathcart, well done, mate. 73 points. Um, yeah, well picked. Had that man O'Hara, had Ferguson, goes to the penalty takers, listens to the pod. Um, so, yeah, he's actually moved up to second, um, and it's still um, a boy, Asika Jordan. Well done, Asika. Out there at 690, fast approaching 700 points. Um, I moved up to 10th, overtook last week's guest, Ian Finlay, who dropped down to 12th. Um, and John, you are. I had a dreadful week. Nine, twenty-two points, John Moore. What the hell happened? Well, I, took, I took an eight-point hit. As I said, I got a bit. I got a bit leery in bed on Saturday morning and just made loads of transfers. Um, not listening to any of my advice. So it's it's certainly do as I say, not as I do, listeners. That's very rash, John. All right. Um, well, I think that does it for us. Um, we will be back next week, um, and hopefully, I'll be a very happy man after the after the the cup heroics. Superb. All right. Thanks very much for listening once again, guys. Much yeah, really appreciate it. Appreciate the support, guys. Uh, message us on Twitter if you've got any questions ahead of the ahead of the week, and if you've got any you know burning questions for your lineup, um, and enjoy it. <laughs>